So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Monday, it's the anniversary of the table knife being invented. On Tuesday, we explain how the tradition of the two-minute silence originated in Cape Town. On Wednesday, we recall the day King George III proved he was assassin-proof. On Thursday, let's all eat cake. It's Marie Antoinette's wedding. And on Friday, we discover how Buffalo Bill helped invent the Wild West. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we start this week's show, an apology. In the last few episodes of For Formula One's Sake, we have been under the impression that payments from an account called Jenny and Ralph Brynard could only have possibly been from Ralph Brynard using a joint account. So we now understand that both Jenny and Ralph listen to the podcast and have approved all payments to this podcast. And furthermore, in the last episode, the phrase, fuck you, Ralph, was probably a bit much. Terry and Phil, as the men of this pod, is there anything you'd like to say? I'd just like to apologise on behalf of Chica for her uh, grave error. I think both of us, Terry, you'd agree that we always thought it was Jenny and Ralph that were uh, that were both approving these. I was under the impression that they were Russian bots. I'm not convinced they're not, because you know, <laughs> those bots are getting quite fucking sophisticated. But, <laughs> presuming they are... Somebody, uh, one of the three of us, I don't want to name names, did say fuck you, Ralph, last week. (laughs) And I think actually that's quite shocking. So, Chica, would it be possible for you to apologise by cancelling it out and saying fuck you, Jenny? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so anyway, this uh, is supposed to be the advert for Carfection. So this season of For F1's Sake is brought to you by Carfection. It's a YouTube channel where Jenny and Ralph drive around the place and Chica just shouts, fuck you, at them. (laughs) Well, Carfection on YouTube is the place to go for anyone who loves cars that are fast, expensive, luxurious, or just plain cool. Or for people called Ralph or Jenny. And don't forget, Carfection features the best-looking car content anywhere online. Almost as good-looking as Jenny and Ralph probably are. We don't know what they look like. Send pics. (laughs) <laughs> send nudes <laughs> don't send nudes so look so far us abusing listeners has got us more sponsorship money and now we're going to get some naked shots <laughs> let's salvage something of 2020 visit youtube.com forward slash carfection now I think we're going to have to do another apology next week welcome to for formula one's sake the F1 podcast that continues to record even though I probably have a broken finger is it broken though? Chica, catch! 
Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the deck chair of F1 Podcasts. Lando's the new Alonso. I look forward to Crashgate. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 Podcast that now has the same number of podcast awards as Michael Schumacher. I haven't actually checked to make sure that he has, I assume he hasn't got any podcast awards. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 Podcast that makes Lance Stroll shit himself. Every week. It's all he wants. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast that would declare right now that we will build an engine for you, Red Bull. You just hang on. Hang on. We're going we're gonna to get the old gang back together. It was about five years ago, and I'm pretty sure the engine was powered by pencils and elastic bands. Yes. Which is better than the Honda. Hello, socially distanced fans. I am Chica Az, and on this week's episode, we are going to be discussing the Eiffel Grand Prix, where Hamilton became the equal most winningest driver ever. Lance Stroll had the squit, and Nico Hülkenberg failed to get on the podium once again. The fucking chancer. We are going to talk about that, anything else that went on at Nürburgring, and Honda's departure from F1, as well as some other unintended tangents, plus one of you could win a t-shirt. That is all to come. Joining me is a man who is now a very important businessman. It is Phil Tromans. Hello, everyone. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm now officially a company director. Woo! Yeah. I thought it's it's been a while since I became unintentionally freelance. I'm still unintentionally freelance. I figure I should probably make a proper go of it. I form my own business. What's it called? What's it called? What's it it's called? called uh, it's called Tromedia. Which oh, isn't, I like it. is it's all right. I, I, all the ones I came up to start with, I was like, yes, that's brilliant. And then I thought about it and thought, no, it's too silly. I was going to become, it was going to become, uh, it was going to be Troma Corp International. Um, nice. And it was basically just a variety of things. Tromanifold? Like. Yeah, it was a lot of things like that. that Traumatic? All, yep, Tromanator, Tromazing. How uh, many? What was it called again? Head Troma. <laughs> <laughs> so and yeah, tro- tro media because Tromans and media. Do you see how many M's? Yeah. Six. Mm. Oh. oh, I should have done that. How much did it cost to change it at company's house? It's about hundred quid. Oh, worth it? It's not worth it. And alongside him is a man who has a tattoo. It oh, is Terry shit. Saunders. Let's see. I did it. Oh, it looks like a zebra crossing <laughs> on your wrist. <laughs> It's not as ever crossy because the things get smaller, but for some reason, I can't look. It gets smaller and smaller. I can't roll my arm the right way. Oh, the camera's in there. Look at that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's good. It's like a little bracelet. Yeah. It's like a little bracelet, but I it doesn't go all the way around. So I seem to remember you said, for, for noobs to the podcast, you said a while ago you were going to get a Formula One related tattoo, but it wasn't going to be obviously related to Formula One. Yes. And I can confirm that it is not obviously for, related to Formula One because I don't get it. Well, it's a road crossing. What is I it? Guess. It's not a road, road crossing. Do you remember in the nine? Right, okay, right. In the nineteen eighties, when Mac- <laughs> they don't have zebra crossings in Formula, it would spice up for <laughs> one. Is it zebra? Is it pelican or is it toucan crossing? I can't remember. The- Which crossing is it that you've got on my wrist? Yeah, none of them because it's right. It, you know, in the eighties when McLaren Honda was a thing, and occasionally yes. when they were in countries where they couldn't have the word Marlboro on there, they had a kind yes. of. St- a pattern it's a bit like this yeah okay so you're where the line gets advertising thinner and thinner and thinner. cigarettes I'm not advertising cigarettes because it's a homage to that it's not the actual thing 
I've not I mean, got Marlboro. There's niche, there's niche, and then there's that. That's the point. I don't want some cunt coming out of me in the street and going, oh, is that a Marlboro tattoo? But it's nice to know, personally, that I have a small part of me that is bound forever to the Philip Morris company. Oh, <laughs> shit, what have I done? <laughs> no, I like it. It's very niche. Are you going to add more incredibly niche Formula One references? Yes, I'm going to have Jensen Button's head <laughs> next to it. <laughs> Get the Play Life lights. logo. Actually, yeah, what other what other weird squiggly Formula One logos would there be? I think you should just go for alternative tobacco advertising, but there isn't tobacco advertising. So you could get Buzzing Hornets written across <laughs> your neck. <laughs> oh, you can have the button. I could have yeah. David written on in the West <laughs> Formula One style. <laughs> You're not. You two are not as impressed as I was hoping you'd be. <laughs> We've been fucking waiting for months for this. Yeah, sorry, it's a zebra crossing. All we get, all we get, is a zebra crossing and a bracelet. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the next. uh, We were hoping to get a car across your back. Let's back this up a bit. What were you expecting me to get? An Uh, entire car across your back. I said it was going to be abstract. I thought it was going to be Nigel Mansell's moustache, but just Mm -hmm. his moustache, but in incredible, incredible fine detail. Yep. Good. Like taken from like a really in-depth photo. That's a good idea. I could have it under my armpit. It'll be a cover-up. <laughs> it's very nice, Terry. As long as you like it, that is the main I'm thing. I'm not sure I do anymore. <laughs> Chica, what have you got tattooed? I haven't got a tattoo. Fortunately, mine is a lot more short-term. My mishap is uh, is maybe a haircut this week. It, it um, looks different. You started it very... in a different way. I, during lockdown, obviously stopped paying for haircuts and um, did DIY haircuts and became very full of myself and decided to stop ever getting a haircut again. And Tom, the stallion, has been doing my hair and has been doing a cracking job. The styling stallion. Yeah, absolutely. Tom's trims. Does this man's talent have no end? And then my friend, Betty, has hair-cutting scissors. And I thought, oh, I see. She's only cut her boyfriend's hair before, but I wanted her to cut my hair with her hair-cutting scissors. And so she cut, started to cut... So she came over and we sat in my kitchen and she started cutting one side of my hair and she said, and she said, is this length okay? And so I checked the length and I said, yeah, that end is... That's fine. And so she started cutting and went all the way around and we were chatting and then by the time she got to the other side, she took a step back and she went, oh, I got overconfident. <laughs> That's just and what so you want to hear from a hairdresser. This side, it it was a lot shorter than I wanted. And so she has to go back round, all the way round. And so it's about two inches shorter than I asked for. And then we decided it looks a bit like in between first day at school and first day at Vice. Listener's Corner time. Not to be confused with another corner in the same place that serves as a runoff if you tits up your braking. Now let's start with the main story that everyone's talking about. Yes, Alex Albon is still shit, although maybe not for long. The British tie driver retired mid-race somewhat mysteriously, which has led to conspiracy theories galore. Paul Hinton asks, was Albon just sacked mid-race? I hope so, getting a bit bored with the nearly in tears, don't really know what happened, it was tricky, etc. post-race interviews. Will Bowen says, There was definitely a whiff of a Red Bull cull to the retirement. Hulk in the second Red Bull for the rest of the season. You could call it a trial. Red Bull aren't going to lose anything from trying it. And Jonathan Bentley says, Is there anything? 
Is there a problem with Albon and Gasly that Red Bull have constructed a car purely around Verstappen's preference that is impossible for anyone else to drive? There's usually parity between teammates, apart from Vettel, who doesn't care anymore. Surely that isn't the best way to win constructor points. You need a balance that both drivers can live with. Or is Jos just bigger than the other driver's dads? Well, it doesn't matter, does it? Because Verstappen won't be driving there much longer. Well, yeah, we'll get. I'm sure we'll get onto that on, I know, uh, on other, I know. other news. But uh, right, the the album stopping thing. On the face of it, he just had a hole in his radiator. I believe that's not a euphemism, and that it was it was a problem with the car, and he had to stop. He looked really upset in the post race interviews, or presumably still mid race interviews, as I think it was still going on. Do you reckon Post he was, his race. Do you reckon he was pulled? Is he screwed? I mean, he had a shit weekend. He's shown moments of being pretty decent, but not enough of them, and far too many moments of not being good enough. I mean, it's just this... It's, 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 you know that new Star Wars film? I haven't seen it. No spoilers. Not the new, new one, but the, the new first of the new trilogy, you know, episode seven or whatever it's called. What, what was it called? Force Awakens? That one. Yeah. You've seen that one, yeah? Yeah. Right. I liked it. But it was a remake, wasn't it? Yeah. Of the first one, pretty much. And this good. is a, this is a remake of Gasly last year. <laughs> <laughs> Pierre Gasly awakens. Yeah, and it's just like this is just the same thing's going to happen. So yeah, surely if it's going to follow on by about the next race, he's going to get fired, and then there'll be like a big round ship called the Death Star to blow up. Um, <laughs> and yeah, get Hulk in. Why not? Hulk's just doing all right, isn't he? Because it, it would be it would be fascinating because Hulk is you know Hulk is a good driver but let's let's be honest not amazing. It would be interesting to see as he's more experienced in driving lots of different teams and lots of different types of cars and lots of different series. It would be interesting if he can get close to Verstappen, or it is just this weird thing where the steering's the wrong way around or something ridiculous that only Verstappen can drive. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, once is twice is a coincidence. Three times. Is by design. That's a phrase. Um, we don't know. The trouble is, we don't know who's going to come in. Yeah, but I think you're, you're right. The the two that have come in and been a bit shit have been relative rookies. You know, they're not people who are vastly experienced. Mm-hmm. And Verstappen's pretty. Who was there before? Ricardo did pretty well. Wasn't as good as Verstappen, but Verstappen's really but good. But wasn't that? But he wasn't like far off Verstappen. No, no, he was getting exactly. narrowly beaten by him. But then again, the car wasn't set up for Verstappen then, was it? I mean, you got to think the last couple of years has been designed around him a lot more. Oh, it's complicated this Formula One thing, isn't it? It's hard, isn't it? There's a lot to it. Blimey. To the last point, is Jos just bigger than the other drivers' dads? I, I do think there is a, an element of truth in that, from what I've heard. I don't think he's uh, Are you a talking man to about be truffled penises? with. No. <sighs> No, he's a, he's apparently a man not to be trifled with. Because he's got a big penis. <laughs> sure, yeah. Right. Yeah. He's got rich energy. Good insight. So, away from second-rate Red Bull drivers, Lewis Hamilton won his 91st Grand Prix, equaling the total of Michael Schumacher. Tim Ecott has a serious debating point. He said, do you think that Schumacher retired, first time, believing his record was unreachable with no sign of fatigue is a key part of Hamilton's strength that he is Terminator-like in his tenacity every season. But Nicole Dykeman wants the dominance to stop. She says, am I a bad person for hoping Lewis Hamilton catches COVID from his team, other 
obviously just a mild case. I'm not a complete monster and has to miss the next couple of races. It doesn't matter. if He can miss the rest of the season and somehow Bottas would fuck it up. Yeah. Although we should say, Nicole, yes, yes, that does make you a bad person. It does make you a bad person. Yeah. Even I wouldn't want Lewis Hamilton to get covid no. Because it's not just him getting it, Nicole, it's who he spreads it to. Yeah, His I mean, you sh- we you all should be, know that. You should be ashamed, Nicole, mm-hmm. frankly. Toto Wolf. Can you block mm-hmm. someone on podcasts? Is that doable? <laughs> Produ- producer Matt, can you look into that? Thanks. Um, Tim's point, do we think Schumacher thought his record was probably unreachable? I think he probably did, because everybody else did. I, I remember not, not that long ago, everyone was like, well, nobody's going to get near that. Yeah, but it's going to happen. It's going to always... The problem with sport these days, because it's not just Formula 1. You've had Nadal and Federer beating Sampras's total, which was supposed to be unassailable. Oh, there's probably some other sports. You know, cycling. Sure. Let's pick some. There oh, yeah, the cycling. Yeah. Things. Uh, that in the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, there's been a lot more bikes ridden now than anyone thought. And snooker. Been. Snooker oh. was definitely... Yeah, so yeah. many, so many. They balls. Said, put those balls in those. They said there wouldn't be so many, but then there was more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's just about sport in general and how it's got so good, so very technical, like yeah. snooker. <laughs> yeah. Terry Saunders, there, our technical correspondent. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I do a little drawing as well. <laughs> more cutting edge analysis. Um, I, I mean, I'm. In the last couple of seasons, you thought, yeah, they're so dominant, they're going to be dominant for a long time, he probably is going to get there. But five years ago, no, I would have said, nobody's going to get there near that. Having said that, there's a lot more races now as well. If it hadn't been for COVID, I think there would have been 37 races this year. Is that right? Something like that. It would have been so many races, it would have just been one long race. Mm. (laughs) It's not a bad idea, actually. Imagine if they had to drive to the races. What, the, the race starts when they leave their bases no no no. so the race finishes formula one race finishes but then all the formula one cars have to drive to the next race and that's part of the race i like that i i mean i think it should just involve you know because that's just unrealistic terry but if they involved the full takedown and transportation but had that bit as a race and they got points for it like it so literally the moment they cross the line the mechanics are tearing bits off the car and putting them in boxes anyway well hamilton's achievement is definitely impressive he is not the man we should be talking about here according to kevin barry he says grosjean was the real hero continuing to drive while his whittle finger hurt so bad oh poor grosjean it's Very just brave. the most grosjean thing isn't it? i mean because <laughs> if, if you take a step back having a bunch of stones thrown at you that have been accelerated by a Formula 1 car means you know, the stones are going to be travelling at a fair whack if that hits you on the finger it's going to hurt right and if any other driver was like you know, if Lando Norris had said fuck a bit of gravel's hurt my finger I think I've broken it you'd be like you'd be like fucking hell that's terrible but somehow <laughs> when it's Grosjean it just incites ridicule because <laughs> Because it wasn't broken, and maybe that's the word. If I was him, I'd have actually broken my finger when I got out of the car and realised it wasn't broken, because it's embarrassing. <laughs> I went on a skateboard once when I was 16, and I fell over. And I said to my mum, I think I've broken my arm, and I hadn't, because I've got it checked out at the doctor's. And then when I went to school the next day, everyone was going, oh, did you break your arm? So I hope the next driver briefing is like that. When he, get, when he walks in, everyone's, everyone just holds up their bandaged fingers and goes, oh, we've all broken our finger too. Do you think the other drivers all bully Grosjean? 
undoubtedly. Yeah, definitely. Do you think That's he's sure. ever had a tattoo, Terry? He's got a tattoo of my moustache. <laughs> nice. So one man who'd been away from the podium for so long that he'd forgotten all about his trademark was Daniel the Honey Badger Ricardo. So Edward Knight said Ricardo admitted he totally forgot about doing a shoey, so he had to do one backstage online rank. And Keith Russell said, thank God all the commentators will now stop talking about tattoos. What's wrong nope. with tattoos? Yeah, uh, t- tattoos are so passe. Nobody's oh my God, about I just got anymore. it when they went out of fashion. <laughs> yeah, I think we all know now what Cyril Abitable is going to get a tattoo of. Is it going to be the uh, Marlboro logo? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> from 1999. <laughs> Um, yeah, forgetting to do the shoey. I he mean, didn't I th- forget. Uh, apparently he did. Have you no, seen the interview? Didn't. There's an interview I, at them where they said, you didn't do the shoey, and he was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, he didn't forget. That's, just, that's all part of an act. He did it. He did. He just did a sad shoey on his own in front of the <laughs> social media girl. That's, that's, a, social, cool. oh, that's a social <laughs> distance shoey. That's so, so rare. <laughs> Someone's job is to watch him piss in a shoe. <laughs> Drink it. Hang on, I forgot what shoe he is. What's the shoe he again? <laughs> it's basically that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't missed the shoey. Clearly, he hadn't either. Look, he was getting old when he was doing it. He's his only mistake this week was he, what he should have done was gone. No, I don't do that anymore. That was in my Red Bull days. Mm. Now I'm a Renault driver. I smoke a galwa through a hole in my throat and uh, <laughs> <laughs> just blow it into the bottle. Yeah. But in, in, uh, about yeah. the tattoo thing, we are going to get the... For anyone that missed it, there was a bet between uh, Cyril Abitable, the Renault team principal, and Danny Ricardo that if he could get a podium this year, Cyril would get a tattoo of Ricardo's choosing. And everyone's been going on about it for bloody weeks. Uh, but now it's going to happen. And you know there's going to be a camera crew there and we're going to see s- online specials, YouTube... David Croft's going to fucking commentate on it, isn't he? Yeah. Yes. Oh, and now the needle's going, and he looks like it's hurting, but it's not. Oh, they're wiping off the thing. Oh, I feel faint. Uh, and his gloves on, and away they go. Oh, that's good. That's You're better. just bitter that no one commentated on yours. Well, we haven't seen the new confection video. And then you showed video. us. We were really unimpressed. Oh, I was impressed. Whoa, 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 Sorry, whoa, whoa. I mean, Look, Chiki, now this week's race. You didn't, you didn't race. act unimpressed, but now yeah. I realise you're unimpressed. Wow. <laughs> Now, this week's race was at Nürburgring, where F1 hasn't been for quite a few years. And it was beset by Friday problems, with fog meaning that FP1 and FP2 were both called off. Did that improve the show? Darren Shepsman thinks so. He says, old school track, limited practice time, lack of data makes for a decent race. Absolutely agree. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I mean, less so about the track. The track's, yeah, it's all right. But um, the fact that they only had an hour to set up everything at a track they hadn't been to in seven, eight years, whatever it was, I think undoubtedly made it a bit more interesting. And I'm, for that reason, looking forward to Imola, where they're doing that deliberately. Well, I've been um, advocating this for years, Yeah, but it wasn't that good a race, was it? It was, it was all right. Boring. It was, yeah, it was, all right. It, was, it was entertaining, I would say. It was. It kept, yeah. kept me interested. Okay. It wasn't kind of like, holy shit, but it was, you know, it was good. Um but the point of yeah, I think yeah, literally they should have an hour to set the cars up, get everything done. No more of this honing everything to the nth degree. They should have to delete all their data every year from the, the previous year, so they have to start from a blank slate and they just have to kind of guess what it's likely to be like. They get an hour this to is, just make sure things aren't going to fall off. Go, done. This is basically one of my Carfection videos that the internet commenters hated 
Actually, that's the one they liked. But, you know, I've been saying this shit for years. Again, they've missed a trick with employing Stefano Domenicali as head of F1. If I'd have done it, then A, there would have been a radical shake-up of the rules, and B, Fall Apart would be bankrupt within a year and owned by the Dogs Trust. <laughs> yeah. They'd be driven by dogs. <gasps> Formula One for dogs. Formula Dog. So away from Nürburgring, the main news of the week was the fact that Honda has had enough again and is leaving F1 again. Come 2022, they are out of here. Their departure is basically because they want to focus on electrified road cars, which leaves F1 asking some awkward questions of itself. And it also leaves some teams in the shit. Andy Dixon says, so now Honda are leaving. It's left the Red Bull teams in a pickle. Is it crawling back to Renault for some rebadged engines such as the Red Bull Supertech and AlphaTauri Mechachrome or maybe Mercedes? But they may need to get them to take Bottas off their hands for 2022. Or, or Ferrari will be begging Red Bull to have their engines right now because that makes Red Bull as shit as they are and they'd have a better chance. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone see this coming? No. Straight out of left field, this one was now. I didn't. I had no idea this was coming. Um, Apparently, it was unusual that last year they announced they were extending the program to this year only, which a few people went. Oh, that's, that's unusual. Yeah, but we didn't spot that. No, in retrospect, we probably should have done. But um, yeah, it does. It, it, it's two things really. As the as the the intro just said, on the one hand, yeah, at least Red Bull and AlphaTauri in a bit of a pickle. But I think they'll probably end up having to have Renault because I, Renault doesn't currently or then won't currently supply anybody else um, and I think under the rules of the Concord Agreement some rules they have to supply other people mm-hmm. if they want them um, but I believe that Red Bull are also looking into the possibility of taking over the uh, the intellectual property rights for the Honda engine but then can they I can't get those Honda rights with- and then build those engines yeah, I can't imagine Honda agreeing to that. Well, uh, the, the rumours I've heard suggest that Honda are quite keen on it, but they don't. They basically just want to sign over the rights and that's it. They don't want to commit any of their people. They don't want to lose any of the people because the whole reason they're doing this is they want the resources, including the factory space and all the people, to focus on their electrified road cars because they think that's going to be you know, super important in the future as petrol and diesel are phased out and they want to throw all their eggs into, into that basket, which I can understand. But... Um, in a wider sort of the wider question for F1 is shit how the the last manufacturer that came into F1 has left because it doesn't think it's relevant what's the future for engines and manufacturer involvement what it is because it's so so expensive now if you want to be an engine developer you don't really get much glory the engine formula is now is it 2026 or something or 25 I think so a new one and as Honda have proved by taking four years to get to being not shit and then a couple of years to get good, there's no point in any other manufacturer coming anywhere near Formula One until at least 2026. And then what happens if Renault just go see you, or Mercedes yeah. go, right, whatever thing, we're off, or Ferrari have us, well, they Which I'll be honest, off. I thought they were going to do anyway. It's now looking like they might not, but yeah. I, I've been saying for a while I thought Mercedes were going to leave because what I mean they're pumping hundreds of millions of pounds a year into this and what are they getting out of it that they haven't already got yeah but they're not that's the thing they get so much sponsorship and all the rest of it that they their team nearly breaks even there's something remarkable like that that they 
Mercedes only put like 40 million in a year or something because they get all the rest back from other places. Okay, so how long is that going to go on for? And in well, the longer term, how long can F1 carry on being what it is now, which is a sort of weird halfway house, which is where we are in the world of road cars. We're at this weird sort of hybrid phase, literally between fossil fuels and electrification. And does F1 want to reflect that, or does it want to just go, fuck it, we'll bring back V10s, or do they want to go fully electric, in which case there's the whole Formula E question? Well, in t- yeah, but in terms of electrics, there's, you know, Formula E shows that they're nowhere near Formula 1. No, no. Like you can't have an electric Formula 1 car yet. You will be in the future. At some point, they'll be able to be 200 miles an hour, but they're not now. Yeah, but if they put everything into it, yeah, I mean, the resource- this is your only option, then... The resources that go into... Um, that go into Formula E and nowhere near the resources that go into Formula One. True, but no, you're right. The technology is not there yet. But I, I don't. But it's at least a five or six year project. They'd have to be going out now, and they're not. So I don't know. It's all a bit depressing, isn't it? Yeah, it'd be fine. Well, just become for Formula E's sake. I mean, I'm fine with that. But the the thing is, Formula One is it is stuck in a weird place because there's been like for the last ten years there's been this talk of being road relevant. That's the word we used to hear a lot. We've got, oh, we want to have a hybrid cars because it's like road relevant and all the rest of it. But the road relevance is going way ahead of Formula One and everything's going electric sooner, which Formula One can't keep up with. So does Formula One still try down that track or do they go the other way and go, we're the thing for petrol heads to wank about on a Sunday and we have V10 engines that scream and men of a certain age get boners when we go by and but the danger of that then is that you you're no longer showcasing the cutting edge technology because whether you like or or dislike the the hybrid power systems they're incredible bits of kit like they're amazing engineering but they're insanely Mm. expensive so if you just get a you know a random old v10 and bung it in like uh, uh, is there going to be the investment from major manufacturers are they going to be interested in doing that and if not, suddenly the budgets drop considerably and the money within F1 drops considerably and people start getting less rich and people who've bought it to try and get rich don't want it anymore. I say we bring back tobacco advertising. That would seem to be the answer. Yep. yep. And booze and hard drugs. So another news. Lance Stroll was conspicuous by his absence at the Eiffel Grand Prix, by which we mean everyone noticed Nico Hülkenberg was back rather than Lance was missing. The Canadian billionaire proved that money can't buy you a strong constitution and had apparently been under the weather since Russia with flu-like symptoms that definitely wasn't COVID. Can I just say that's my favourite Bond film, Russia with flu-like symptoms. (laughs) (laughs) So we were treated to the return of the Hulk, who first heard he was doing qualifying about two hours before it started and didn't even have the right coloured helmet. Cringe! He's back. He's back. Hulky McHulkerson. We all thought he was gone because he wasn't very good, but now he's not there and he's still not being very good. We all love him again. Well, I don't get So he didn't have the right helmet. I understand that. But he did have, or Renault had a helmet for him. Or he had a Renault helmet. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how this came about. Why did Renault have the helmet there? Like, what What did Renault know that we don't? <laughs> well, maybe maybe all the teams just carry a spare Nico Hülkenberg-sized helmet in case uh, in case he's needed. I mean, that's what I do. <laughs> I mean, I've got one here, just in case. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, and a Nigel Mansell one. Yeah. Right, Stroll. This is a bit weird from what I found out about this. It sounds like he's been ill for two weeks... 
but they only made the call on the morning of qualifying for him not to run. Like he'd done no training, he'd done like he'd just been on the toilet, he'd had flu, like he'd basically got diarrhea. Surely you'd think they might make that call before two hours before qualifying. Not when Daddy Straw runs a team and Daddy Straw hates his son and quite enjoys watching him puke. And he's like going, If you were a if you were a real son of mine, you'd go and drive in that car like my heroes would. I've said this before, Lance Stroll does not want to be a Formula One driver. <laughs> and his dad is making him do it. Did he just He's want to the be only like person artist? on the grid who is there against his will. What do you think he wanted to help. be? I think he wanted to be a tattooist. <laughs> you know, a creative. Well, I didn't actually ask, who did your tattoo? A tattooist? Was it Lance Stroll? Was that okay. where, he was, where he was? Yeah. Which is why it's a bit wobbly, because he was puking the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I did wonder why you were covered in shit. But yeah. um, and Hulkenpo back. He did pretty well. He did very well. Mm. Considering he had two hours warning. Yeah, yeah, he's now 15th in the championship. He's got more points than Vettel, I think. No, he's he's not, but he's not far off. Oh, okay. He's only about seven points behind him, I think. He had a bit of a rocky qualifying, but that was literally because they were like... He was having a coffee with a mate at eleven o'clock, and they called him, and then like rushed him to the, uh, rushed him to the circuit. Although apparently they also had Stoffel Van Dorn already there, at the Nurburgring, ready to I mean, go. How bad must that feel? Like you're the reserve driver, you're there with your outfit on, and you've got a proper helmet. The driver that you're the reserve for is throwing up, and he can't do the race. Is he a Force India reserve? Because he's the Mercedes reserve driver. But anyway, but he was there. Yeah, but the thing is, but, they go. It's like they go out to him and go, Stoffel, do you think you could give me Nico Hulkenberg's number? Yeah. <laughs> we need somebody to fill in at the last minute for lunch. Do you know if Nico's available? Uh, yeah, so yeah, he just posted a picture of him like, oh, well, I'll play Call of Duty then in a hotel room next to the track. Never mind. What anyway, a life well. of a Formula One driver. Yeah. <laughs> So, Fernando Alonso news. He has driven a Formula One car again. He spent the day in the RS20 at Barcelona on Tuesday. It was just a filming day, which meant he could only do 100 kilometres on demonstration tyres, whatever they are. But the old, look how great I am, Alonso was back, as usual. Or was he, Terry? What did he say? He said, Kimoa, the car is outperforming me at the moment. I cannot extract the maximum from the car because Kimoa getting back to Formula 1 speed is not easy. Speaking about, <laughs> speaking about Alonso's return, Renault boss Cyril Abitable got a bit weird. He said Fernando is like a big shark. As soon as he starts to feel the blood, he wants to attack. That's what I see. I see our shark is very hungry. Apparently, that's exactly what I was saying when I came to from fainting at the tattoo part. <laughs> <laughs> the shark is very hungry. Um, right, Alonso back in a car. Dem- Don't first care. off, demonstration tyres. The fuck are demonstration tyres? You know, if you buy like a uh, stereo in the 90s and there's a demo button where it like flashes through all the settings and you can go, ooh, flash, 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 and it goes all the things. It's that. So when you've got those tyres on, the dashboard's going. Woo, 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 woo. Do you think the, the graphics go between the different colours of that they like go from yep. green to red to And maybe the tires even do a little tutorial like press the go button to start. If you want Dolby noise surround, press the button that says D. Press the D. Um so anyway, he's driven a car. He's and he basically said 
the car is outperforming me. He basically said, I'm shit now. Yeah, which bodes well. Do you think he's just lowering expectations, or because that's not very a very Alonso thing to say, is it? Maybe he's just gone shit. Maybe after Indy, cool. he really lost his confidence. Because think about it: for since he gave up Formula One, he's done Le Mans on like the easy setting, and he's done the Dakar Rally, which he was shit at, and he's done Indy twice that he's been shit at. Didn't even qualify last year, so I think maybe he's lost his confidence a bit. Bless. Oh, but he's like a big shark. And also, it probably hurt because you know he—they're spinning it to go. Oh, he's really excited now that Ricardo's got a podium. But you know that he wanted the first podium, and now Ricardo set the bar quite high. Well, he could still get the first podium for Alpine. <sighs> it would be quite amusing if he comes back and just gets absolutely schooled by Ocon. Don't think that's very likely. Anyway, but yeah, a bit of bull with his. Hungry shark, do 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 do. Hungry shark, do 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 do. Um, it is weird, but you know it's quite cute. It's a t-shirt. Oh, I never get around to them. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at for F one sake, or find us on Facebook where we're for F one sake, or email us at wrong at ff one s dot com. Alternatively, if you think we're right, well, you owe us a beer, just like these folks who include. Mark Malloy. That's a good name. He's an alloy of his parents. Ooh. Clever. Malloy. Or he's an alloy of marshmallow. <laughs> Ian Cox. He's like an apple who was on EastEnders. <laughs> is that that's that's what you're going with, is it? Oh, have you got something better? <laughs> no. Anthony J. Wadi the third. I think undoubtedly the best of the Jawadi Waddies. The no. third third time's the charm. No. No? I'm sorry. Th- th- this is a fine line between us and the listeners that they give us their names and we take the piss. <laughs> and in the last few weeks, people have been going, oh, here's a, my boring name, trying to take the piss out of that. But now we're getting people who are clearly making up names. <laughs> and sorry, Matt, if you, list, if, if you can give this guy a refund, we don't want his fucking money. I, well, no. I, okay, well, I'll just have two beers. I'm assuming he's American because that's an American thing. In fact, now he said it. Has he donated before? Anthony oh. J. Waddy 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 is not a name. <laughs> that's how you say It's brilliant. We should call him Jawaddy Waddy. But, you know. The, Can you name one Jawaddy Waddy song? Um, hey Rock and Roll was their first single released on the 19th of April 1974. Just off the top of my head. Are you, <laughs> you Googling it? Fucking swat. <laughs> And thanks to James Guthrie. Or Guthrie. Or Guthrie. Wonder if he's any relation to the lady racing driver Guthrie, whose first name I cannot remember. What was her name? Woody. Janet Guthrie. Janet Guthrie. I think she was a... Janet Ellis. NASCAR driver? Janet Ellis, that's right. She was a Blue Peter driver, presenter. No, Janet Guthrie. She got the sack she was was pregnant at a wedlock. Wow. Is that true? Yeah. That's outrageous. You should be ashamed of yourself, James Guthrie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Having a child out of wedlock. I mean, thank you for the money, but really, think of the kids. And Donald Griffin. Oh, he's donated before. Thank you very much, Donald. Thank you, Donald. I think we made a joke about Family Guy and Trump. And we'll, well, let's do the same thing again. It's like Peter Trump. Brilliant. 
Cassizinia Gunya. I mean, well I think she, she, she has donated before, but yeah, I just want to commend you on your pronunciation, which, as far as I can tell, is bang on this week. If she donates again, we'll make it better than her actual name. Gunya, Gunya, it's fun knowing you, Gunya. Robert Fry. Bye bye, Robert Fry, Robert Fry, bye bye. We love to fry, guys. It's Friday. If you listen to this on a Friday, Robert, well done. Every day's Friday if you're Robert Fry. Fry yay, more like. Oh. Kevin Rhodes. All roads lead to Kevin. No, we can't keep saying the same one. <laughs> um, on the roads again. I just can't wait to get on the We're roads again. We're on the road to Kevin. Yeah, that works. On Buy the us a pie. And Ben Johns. I prefer his dad, Papa Johns. <laughs> I prefer... <laughs> Because of all the pizza. That's all yeah, I've but, got. Yeah, but Papa John's it's is funnier like... funnier when you don't have to explain it, Phil. Yeah. That's why I was never a comedian. Thank you, uh, Ben, for... That's when I say something really funny, isn't it? That's what <laughs> should happen then. Not going to yeah. happen. Oh. Thank you, Ben, for the money. And the pizza. Paul Hewings. He donates all the time. He's a mate of mine. Thank you, Paul. And he is three of Donald Duck's nephews. Hewings, Dewings and Louis. <laughs> <laughs> John Orden Broski. I mean, I'm going to assume it's Broski, which sounds like something that Bro- an American frat boy would Bro-ski. say in the 90s. Broski. Or Australian. Broski. John Orden Broski. I'm sorry for massacring your name, John. Or John Orden, John Alden. But loved, Orden. but loved you in Broski beats. It might even be Yon. It might not be John. It might be Yon. Mm. Oh, this oh. is just a nightmare. This is awkward. C- could isn't you please? Three I mean, thank English you very m- white people can't pronounce a name that isn't something like Ian Cox. <laughs> oh, the trouble is, we don't know where it's from, so we don't know how to pronounce it. It could. Could you? That might not even be Ian Cox. It might be Yon. Yon Cox. Yon Cox. Cable. John or Yon or. I'm so sorry. Thank you very much for the donation. If you could let us know how to spell, uh, how to pronounce your name, and the best way to do that is to donate again and put a little message with it. You Thank sly you. old fox. Finally, Christopher Lay. Oh, you've got to say Christopher Lee or the jokes don't work. I, mean, I always do that and then you tell me off. Yeah, we don't know. We've got no, we've got, we've got anything. Christopher Lay. 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 Maybe Chris- that's just French in a phone book. Lay. It's French in a phone book for the Christopher. Oh, it could be. <laughs> Christopher the. And so thank you very much. But big news. We have a competition of sorts. Basically, we need you to fill out a little listener survey for us. And in return, somebody is going to win a piece of FF1S merchandise. So you need to go to, Terry. FF1S.com forward slash survey, survey, survey. Or, survey says, what's funnier? Survey says. Surveys, ff1s.com forward slash survey says, question mark. You can't have a question. You can have a question mark because it thinks it's a search term. But don't do a question mark. Survey says, the definitive, not question. Survey says, then the word definitive. Survey says, (laughs) definitive. Survey says. We're getting nobody filling out our survey. What I'll do is I'll put a link on the homepage that says, survey says here. And that will go to this episode, and then you can listen to the episode and find the link. 
We'll also put it in the show notes, which might make things a bit easier. And the FF1S merchandise, if you're interested, is going to be the skin from my wrist, where I've cut <laughs> off the tattoo. <laughs> oh! I will dry it out like a bit of leather and send it to a listener. And now it is time for the teams. We'll start with Mercedes. The B-Gods have abandoned Bottas as he flat-spotted his way to being a footnote in the success story of Lewis Hamilton, winning more races than Heike Kovalainen even started. Mercedes have admitted they're not even bothering to develop their 2020 car anymore. So the question is, should we have bothered with this season? Yes. <coughs> no. Okay. Do you remember at the start of the year when we were in full-on lockdown and there was all this talk of all the races being cancelled and what's going to happen... And then there was all this excitement of they're going to go to different places, they're going to go back to San Marino, they're going to have a race on the beach in Spain where they've never had a race before, you know, Portugal, or you know, they're going to have a race in the Channel Tunnel, all these things they were saying. And what's happened is we've had quite a dull, frenetic season. Of, no, we've had some good no, we races. Haven't. I'd say we've had some good races. We've had some good races, but on the whole, the season has been dull. The individual races have been fine, but the se- the story of the season. Yeah, well, dull. I mean, it was the season. The story of the season was always going to be Hamilton runs away with it. at The end. Anyway, more importantly, I did a statistic. Lewis Hamilton won more races than Heike Kovalainen and even started. That is a that, good statistic. He did even you... did more than Nigel Mansell and Nicky Lauda. He's he's won more races. Nigel Mansell competed in eighty nine <clears throat> Grand Prix. See, I'd have gone with Nigel Mansell rather than Heike Kovalainen, but that is still a good stat. Mm. I should have gone for Nigel Mansell. I was, I I was, why didn't you? Why would you choose Heike Kovalainen over Nigel Mansell? Because he was because te- Heike Kovalainen is one of the fastest drivers in the last <laughs> twenty years, according <laughs> to true. the ASWF thing. But he, they were teammates. I think there's something funny about Lewis Hamilton's old teammate. We're talking about Bottas, and now his old teammate. It was just a, another footnote. It was a very clever joke. Oh, yeah, Nigel Mansell's funnier. I mean, it's, it is an impressive number to get to, although the fact that there are now 20-something races a year slightly diminishes it. It'd be interesting to... How many races a year were there when Schumacher won that number? I mean, it wasn't like that 16, 17? No, it was more like 20, I think, by then. Was it? I don't know. I'm just doing that thing where you say it with confidence. And okay. <laughs> I'd be intrigued to know, like, if if we went back to, like, the uh, the early days of, like, the 50s, how many years would Hamilton have had to win at his current win rate of races to wins for him to get to 91? It'd be something like 40 years. He might have just got it at exactly the same point, in fact. Um, I mean, you know, he's done well. Well done to him. He's doing mm. all right. Bottas is still... Right. So the 2002... Oh, I had 17 races. Yeah, you're right. There we go. Um, but, uh, should we talk about Bottas? Because he started... No. It was looking good for him. He out-qualified Hamilton pretty well by a couple of tenths. Yeah. And he was yeah. looking good all through practice, and he got pole position, and then the race started, and he almost lost it, but then he kept it, and he was he was back in front again, and then he titched it all up. Yeah. And this is the thing. His en- so his engine went, not his fault, could have happened at any yeah, point. Yeah. Couldn't but have happened to a nice guy. He'd already fucked it. But he'd fucked it. And if you're going to beat Lewis Hamilton, then... Fucking it up on days when you're already second is bad enough. Fucking it up on the days when you're ahead of him is that it's just unforgivable. Yeah. If I was Toto Wolf, I would be getting someone else in the car next year. Thanks to that, that would be a career-ending fuck up if I was the well, boss. This is going back to one of the listeners' corners 
question like of of having a car that's brilliant for one driver and undrivable for the other because Bottas is quick and he's proved that on in qualifying he's just he's not as good as Hamilton but he does generally when his car doesn't break down bring it home in second so maybe we are being too harsh on him maybe yeah. I, I said it before he just needs to accept the fact that he's a number 2 driver and number stop. 2 to the most successful driver in F1 history yeah there's no shame in that yeah We'd all love to be that. Eh, I'd be all, secretly, we all want to be Bottas. I don't. I don't I, it's not a bad life being Bottas. Yeah, he does a lot of cycling. Lives in Apart Monaco from the with his crippling depression <laughs> <laughs> and the feelings of inadequacy and the yeah. But you know, the Monaco apartment and the millions of pounds and the driving the Formula One car. Does that make you happy though? No, but I'd rather be miserable with all those things than miserable without those things. What are you saying? I want millions of pounds and an apartment in Monaco. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, if you fill in the survey, you might yeah. win a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, remember, point, point, point. Red Bull. Albon took out Kvyat's wing in a clumsy move and Verstappen went all the way to second on his own in yet another best-of-the-rest performance, as long as the rest doesn't include Bottas. I mean, I feel like we're just unnecessarily sticking the boot in on Bottas here. Necessarily. Um, so... The Albon thing was weird because so Kvyat there was a bit of an argy-bargy and Kvyat cut a corner and I thought Kvyat was just giving him the place back or maybe he was just being slow off the corner and then Albon overtakes him and takes his fucking wing off it's like, what a fucking dick I mean I do think it was an, it was Albon's mistake I think he just thought that maybe um, uh, Kvyat was giving him the place back and was going slightly slower than he actually was so he was like oh thanks very much whip back, whip back onto the line to go for the right hand corner and just did it too early and twatted into him. Twat. So, um, but it's an it's another album fuck up that he just can't afford to be. I mean, he couldn't afford to make that at any point, but he certainly can't afford to make it now because he makes too many fuck ups. What must it be like? You know, we're just talking about what it must it like be like being Bottas. But at least with Bottas, like you say, he's doing all right. I mean, he's not beating um, Hamilton that much, but he often comes second if the car's working fine and everything. What must it be like for? Albon, I mean, awful. Be Let's be honest. So shit. Because it's it's at this position where you've you've had how many years it is of coming up through the junior formula, and then you finally get a position in a good team, and you know that the guy in front that you're taking it from has fucked it up, and now you're at that good team, and the guy whose whose position you took is regularly beating you in a theoretically shitter car, and you're just making mistake after mistake after mistake. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be absolutely annihilating his confidence. So I do in many ways feel sorry for him but on the other hand we've got a podcast to do and he is mm. prime material but I really liked him like, I did, I know yeah. I'm fickle. nothing against him I've, no, I've got everything against him he's fucking dead to me but <laughs> I know I'm fickle but I really wanted him to do well yeah but and then he, he didn't and he's let you down bastard <laughs> men, they always let you down apart Reno. from Nigel Mansell Terry is not the only person to get a tattoo this week, as not only has Cyril Abitable agreed to get one for Ricardo getting on the podium, but for contractual reasons, he is getting Kimoa across his forehead in letters that are too big to be classy, Fernando. That's a graphic design nitpicking, if ever I heard it. It's not nitpicking. Those, the, the wording on those Kimoa caps is offensively big. It's just ridiculous. I think they're too expensive as well. And how nice they are. They've made him a black and yellow Kimoa cap. 
even though when he drives for Renault, it'll be Alpine and it'll be different colours. So they've made some special Kimoa caps for him to run around well, on sure, demonstration hang, towers. Hang on, surely he's made the Kimoa caps. Well, they're Renault it's caps. his company. Yeah, yeah but, but it's, it's his Renault. company. Oh, you reckon? Yeah, that's I don't a good know. Point. Yeah, but is he, he going to be the official them, clothing sponsor? I don't know. I assume he just stitches. He's not doing much else at the moment. <laughs> I assume he's just sitting in his mansion stitching clothes together. With really big letters. Maybe his eyesight's going. Maybe that explains the last few years of Otto's Formula One career. Just too proud to wear glasses. Ricardo drove really well, I thought. Are Renault the third best team now? Yes, because McLaren have gone really fucking weird. Yeah, they haven't they? We'll get onto that in a minute. But Ocon was... Oh, Ocon didn't finish, did he? His, uh, his, uh, his hydraulics died. Um, on the one hand, podium. On the other hand one driver is not doing too well and an unreliable car so you know swings and roundabouts I suppose but saying that it's quite nice that in about let's say five of the teams there's a clear shit driver so you've got Bottas shit Um, what's his name Albon shit Ocon let's be honest shit Vettel (laughs) shit yeah Um, Latifi shit yeah it's great a few races ago, I'd have said Giovinazzi, but he's actually regularly better than Raikkonen now. He's they're sort of they're, they're turning round. Yeah. Racing point. Nico Hulkenberg slipped something into Stroll's drink and just happened to be near the circuit to take over. He came home eighth, which is pretty amazing, really. And he's being tentatively linked with a Red Bull drive. How do you think he'd do? Well, apparently, well. Al- there's another gossip we haven't talked about. Apparently, Albon had an inconclusive COVID test. Yeah. At the start of the week. But when was this? Well, I didn't hear when it was. Uh, nor did I, but let's say Friday. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, so. They have... Well, they rang Hulkenberg to say, are you, are you free? <sighs> yes. And he went, yeah, I might be, but I've just put something in Stroll's drink, so this could get awkward. But he could do like a Mrs. Doubtfire and like drive both cars at once. <laughs> That's why he had two helmets. Fucking yes. And um, well, he didn't have two, he only had one. Oh, shit. And it was the wrong one. But also, now both I think teams. about it. Do you think that that Albon's test results were fine, but the team just went, oh, no, he's not well. <laughs> no, we don't want him driving this week. And they won't actually drop him. They'll just pretend he's got COVID for the rest of the year. He's got long well, COVID. If they say it's inconclusive, they're not, they're not technically lying. Yeah, he's got long COVID. He can't, he can't drive. That's way shit. He was really uh, good before he got COVID. But no, he uh, COVID light. He had no symptoms. Apart from being <laughs> shit at Formula One, <laughs> that is one of the official symptoms: loss of taste and smell, and you're shit at Formula One. McLaren signs thank the team for inexplicably making the car shitter mid-season, making him feel slightly less bad about going to Ferrari next year. Norris was doing okay until his engine broke, and he sat in a chair for the lols. That was pretty funny. So apparently. McLaren have decided to change their aero philosophy mid-season in a year where next year the rules aren't changing much and they're getting a new engine. So, you know, make a make an easy job hard, mate. So they've gone from having a really good car to changing it to a point that it's not working very well. They're having correlation issues yeah. and all the rest of it. And next that's the year new philosophy. Get, and next year they're getting a different engine, so that's going to have complications. So it's just like, what the, what the, what the F are they doing? Yeah, they're titsing it all up, is what they're yeah. doing. That seem um, a bit weird. Well, it's classic. Uh, classic. No, this would never have happened under Ron Dennis, would it? Ferrari. 
Leclerc overdrove and Vettel underdrove the Ferraris to finish somewhere boring. Well, that's about it, isn't it? Yeah, Leclerc was good again. Vettel was rubbish again. The car's isn't shite. it weird that no matter what point of the qualifying or the race you watch, Vettel is always 11th this year? <laughs> He started 11th and finished 11th in yeah. this race. He's always... Um, I, I swear, he's not even racing. It's just a glitch on the... He retired, and there's a glitch on the timing screen, and they just went, let's pretend he's racing, because we can't fix the bug. So he's just 11th all the time. <laughs> well, there's a bug in his... I mean, if he was driving, there was a bug in his driving as well, because he once again completely ditched it of his own record, uh, coming down, breaking for the for the first corner. Of it, on his own accord. Honda Accord. Anyway, he... Um, he spun again on his own. It's becoming a theme, isn't it? I mean, I know you joked several races ago about it being his greatest hits tour, but I mean, that's literally what's happening. Every race he's like, oh, time for a spin. Oh, maybe I'll complain on the radio. Maybe that's why Lance Stroll had the shits. He was thinking of his share price, his inheritance just disappearing <laughs> because of Vettel ruining the Aston Martin brand and making his oh, daddy God. bankrupt. I think Vettel is just... You see him in the interview afterwards. He doesn't give a shit anymore. He's just like, nah, I'm phoning it in until next year. I can't. I wait mean, for I do think, over. I do think that Ferrari are giving him the shit deal. I think he hates them and doesn't give a shit. Yeah, but you know, even if you're jokingly half driving all year, he's going to be undercooked next year. I don't know. It feels like he's not going to be that good next year. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like he's overdoing his undercooking. Alfa Romeo. Kimi got a penalty for launching Russell into space and Giovinazzi scored a point, but too little, too late for both of them. Yes, although Giovinazzi was actually really good this weekend. Yeah, but he's gone. Mm-hmm. His career's too, over. Yeah, it's, it's too late. Yeah, he'll be he'll be out of his drive and we'll never see him again. He'll, he'll you know, go and do sort of pro-am. One day on the Formula 1 coverage, when we're back in the world of COVID's over and there's grid walks again... Giovinazzi will just be a guy doing like the coverage for Sky Italia that you'll walk past and Martin Brundle will be like oh, that's Giovinazzi and you'll be like who? <laughs> he'll, he'll join the club of, of racing drivers you've forgotten about oh there's so many along with Gaston Mazzucani Alpha Tauri Kvyak collided with Albon and Gasly got more points than Ferrari I mean we in talk- fairness Albon, Albon hit Kvyat I'm not going to blame Kvyat for that although if he hadn't titched up that corner it wouldn't have happened we talk so maybe, a lot, okay, fine. we talk a lot about Albon and how he's feeling but how is Gasly feeling this year because obviously he got the win we know that but is he walking around like surely Albon's predicament must be making him feel better about last year I would have thought so and the fact that he's driving really well and doing, I mean, he he, I could, he'd be very entitled to be smug. But here's the question: now, obviously, they're competitors <coughs> and they all hate each other, etc. But do you think he hates Albon because Albon took his seat, or he's got sympathy with him because he knows what he's going through, but also he wants to take his seat back, maybe? So, how do you reckon if they bump into each other? What do you reckon the dynamic is? A bit of both, I would say. Yeah. I'd say he feels bad for him, but not bad enough to, you know, make him feel better. Hmm. Be like, oh, it's a shame, but uh, you know, you stole my seat, so suck it. It's a shame, but I'll still kill you. Yeah, I would say so. I don't think he wants that Red Bull seat back because I think Who that does? car is cursed. Uh, well, Hulkenberg probably, but um, I think he thinks it's cursed. If 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 I were him, I'd be doing everything I could to get out of my Red Bull contract so I could go to a different team when uh, 
when they uh, an opportunity and a reasonable car arises because I think his stock has gone up in the last well Hell this yeah. season. And he's been doing really well. Yes. <laughs> Big Nasty Gravel went and hurt little Roman, who was such a brave boy not to mention it once. And Magnuson had a little fight with Vettel and otherwise business as usual. Well, other than Grosjean, apart from his whining, actually drove pretty well. We'd all remember the day that Grosjean got hit by Gravel. (laughs) Oh, has anyone said it was, um, what's his name's fault? There's a driver I've forgotten, the guy who was the butt of that joke. Marcus Ericsson. There you go. <laughs> I'd actually forgotten him. Yeah. Proving you're already a point. <laughs> yeah, he actually drove all right. He got points, which uh, in a Haas is not an insignificant achievement these days. And he beat Magnussen pretty comprehensively. Um, so, you know, again, it's too late. They should get rid of, frankly, both of them next year. Yeah. I would say. Is anyone going to cry if Magnussen and Grosjean aren't there anymore? I mean, I'll sort of miss Magnussen a bit, but not really. Not from his no, driving. No, both. His personality is quite fun, but his driving's meh. Yeah, no, they can both fuck off. Bring in some new blood. Williams! Russell got punted off, and Latifi potted round and finished in an unmemorable 14th. Well, mm. you make your own luck. Unless Rykkonen's behind you. I don't know. It's just like Williams. Obviously, we've done this podcast enough years to be excited by Williams at the start of a season and then have crushing have disappointment. <clears throat> well, at least, you know, slight. I don't think there are enough podcasts in the world for that. No, true. But this year, we were told to expect them to be in the midfield. They weren't even being that cocky about it. And they're not. I mean, they're less I mean, far they're, behind. They're, but, yeah, but, and sometimes they're not last. But which, mostly. If you'd have said that two years ago, then it'd be like, yeah, we'll take that. Yeah, but the thing is, they're still not quite up with the Haas and the Alfa Romeos, which are both totally stymied this year by having the shit new Ferrari engine. So the fact that they can't beat them when they're both fucked isn't a good sign. Mm. Yeah. If Ferrari still had their good engine, Williams would now be... A long way back. No, that's probably true. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, new owners, give them time to bed in. 2026, that's what they're focusing on. Can't wait. When they have the new steam engine or whatever they end up doing. And now it's time for the standings with Terry Saunders. In first place of the Drivers' Championship is I Broke a Record. That's 230 points for Lewis Hamilton with all his wins. In second place, I Broke My Car. It's Valtteri Bottas. In third place, I Broke My Teammate. Again, it's Max Verstappen. <laughs> I Broke My Renault Duck, says Daniel Ricciardo, drinking from his sock. I also broke my teammate, said Sergio Perez, but he means in a giving him the shits way. <laughs> I also broke my car, says Lando Norris, and I'm so broken, says Alexander Albon. My teammate broke himself, says Charlie Kirk. And my stomach hurts, says Lance Stroll. I'm fixed, baby, says Pierre Gasly. <laughs> I broke my own career by moving to Ferrari, says Carlos Sainz. I'm broke, says Ocon. Something we don't know about. What isn't broke? Huh? Says Sebastian Vettel. I think he's stoned. 
in Soviet Russia, break breaks you. Is Kvyat? I just can't think of anything for Kvyat these days. I hope he goes because he's the one every fucking week. I can't think of anything funny about. I'm the man they come to when they break. Says Nico Hulkenberg. I broke my dreams in two, baby. Says Antonio Giovinazzi, and I broke the most races ever. Says Kibi Raikkonen with two points, like a fucking loser. Uh, yeah. Oh, we didn't actually talk about that, did we? Says he's now the most experienced driver ever. Raikkonen. Well, good job. I talk about it in my state of F1 coming up and hey. the constructors championship. So this was the Eiffel Grand Prix, which was nowhere near the Eiffel Tower. So I thought, <laughs> if the teams were landmarks from the world, what? landmarks would they be <laughs> Mercedes would be the Great Wall of China because you can see their records from space Red Bull would be the London Eye because it's always sponsored by something weird and it's garish colours and shit music uh, Racing Point would be the Taj Mahal because it's all built around one person, that's Lance Stroll and used to be called India uh, McLaren would be Mount Rushmore, can't remember why uh, Renault would be the, the that big cathedral in Barcelona that I can't, La Sag- Sagrada like that one partly because of Alonso but partly because it's never fucking finished <laughs> Ferrari would be Stonehenge you just look at them and go I'm sure they were good for something once St Basil's Cathedral would be Alpha Tauri because everyone thinks it's the Kremlin uh, Alfa Romeo would be the Leaning Tower of Pisa can't remember why uh, Haas would be the Statue of Liberty they're American and that's it now it is time for Man of the Match of Driving Nico Hulkenberg. What? And now it is time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. Kimi Raikkonen has competed in more races than anyone else ever has ever, ever, ever. Even people on an Xbox who do 10 races a night are still nowhere near his record. But the problem is, like Oasis singles, most of the races are unmemorable or shit. Yes, he's had his hit singles and an improbable world championship, but Raikkonen is now a bit like status quo. He's got all his fans and all he's got to do is play one of the old smashes like being a bit grumpy and they all go crazy. But Alfa Romeo is probably going to keep hold of him for just his advertising charisma next year, meaning that yet again the old farts are clogging up the back of the grid, sorry Sebastian, without even being entertaining. But don't worry, I have a solution. Look, I'm an advocate of maximum tenures in F1, as you'll see in the next Carfection video. Cross-promotion, thank you. But now, I think we also have to look at entertainment value. Instead of scoring drivers by boring things like race results or qualifying positions or how they stack up against their teammates or anything, we should start looking about how they keep the proletariat amused. Too often we get to the bottom half of the results and we can't think of anything clever or enlightening to say, and we're a podcast. Is that our fault because we don't do the necessary research? Or is it because the drivers don't do anything to keep us in their minds? Take Grosjean. God knows someone has to. His results this year have been woeful, but we keep talking about him because he's such a fucking joke. And the latest bit about the gravel on the finger? Fucking genius. He got like a whole five minutes of advertising time out of us this week. We should have all the lower-ranked drivers trying to entertain. Maybe Giovinazzi could recite a poem, Latifi could juggle, and Vettel could do a one-man show about the old times. That would make things better. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Brilliant. So that was the state of F1 brought to you this season by Carfection. Terry, 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 Terry. Look, there is a new video coming, I promise. I think it's ready. I got an email today saying it's ready. We've blown the budget on special effects. We had to commission a 12-foot statue of Ricardo Patrese, which... Finally. I don't want to... Yeah, exactly. 
I thought we had to find one, but apparently no one fucking built one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it means that, sorry guys, there's no money left for anything else, but oh, it's going to be good. It's a half-hour documentary on Ricardo Patrese. God, I'd actually watch that. That's sad, isn't I it? Would. I would actually watch yeah. a half. If Amazon Prime said, here's a half-hour documentary on Ricardo Patrese, I'd be like, I'm on it. So you can find The State of F1 right now at youtube.com forward slash carfection and you can stick around to discover the best looking car content anywhere online that is youtube.com forward slash carfection and that is it from us it is goodbye to phil tromans we have not had time to talk about fernando the tv show fernando which i only found out about about two days ago there's there's like a, a documentary about fernando alonso on amazon prime i think um, which I haven't watched yet, but I'm going to because I want to know what it's like. And to Terry Saunders. We also haven't talked about the worrying trend of when Lewis Hamilton breaks a record, they bring the severed head of the previous record holder <laughs> over. They did that with the Senna thing when he got the most pole positions a couple of years ago. We made a joke about it and go, ha ha, it's funny they give him the helmet. It looks like it's his head. Feels less funny when it's Schumacher for some reason. <laughs> Don't know why. We'll be back next week to discuss the Portugal Grand Prix in Portugal. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake, and follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. Terry, where can people buy merch? They can buy merch from our shop. WFWFW1S.com. Rewrite, it's like an anagram. Slash shop, shop, shop. Thanks for listening. See you in a week. I've been G. Carreras. Goodbye. Bye. Love you. Sports Social Podcast Network. So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Monday, it's the anniversary of the table knife being invented. On Tuesday, we explain how the tradition of the two-minute silence originated in Cape Town. On Wednesday, we recall the day King George III proved he was assassin-proof. On Thursday, let's all eat cake. It's Marie Antoinette's wedding. And on Friday, we discover how Buffalo Bill helped invent the Wild West. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts.